Live from Join the heartland me. and the crossroads Cold of America, line. it's Tony Katz today. Connolly. Jeffries. I don't know Korea. why they're mad at Connolly. Jeffries. Maybe they were expecting something Pasta. else. The Jeffries. vote is going on as we speak Courtney. for Speaker of the House. Jeffries. Oddly enough, I have not Red. been nominated, and that's a bunch of hooey. Jeffries. That's a bunch Crane. of silliness. Tony Katz. Tony Jordan. Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. And, of course, it's Hakeem Jeffries for the Democrats. It is Jim Jordan for the Republicans. And thank goodness... We've got Adam Kinzinger to let us know that a vote for Jim Jordan would just be the worst possible thing in the world. That wait, second worst, if you will. And they are worried about a primary and losing a primary. Never mind the long-term general election, uh, particularly swing district Republicans like you were. And so, what's your message to them? Can I just say, as somebody that has been, I have faced this. And I had to make a decision to basically end my career to do the right thing. Uh, it's well worth it. Like you get, you know, everybody goes into to Congress saying, I'm going to go in and do the right thing. I am going to stand alone if I need to. And then all of a sudden that fear of a primary is enough to frighten them away. This is as, as almost big in my mind of a moment as standing up against January 6th was for these members. Listen. The job of Congress pays $174,000 a year. It's not a terrible salary. Uh, you've got to travel all the time. It's actually really hard. The idea that it's the best job in the world and you have to actually sell out what you believe to keep it, it's just fear. It's fear paralyzing members of Congress. And if you're somebody that gets paralyzed by fear, fear of a friggin' primary, then you probably should find a different line of work because we need brave people in the House of Representatives. I'm, look, I, I, you know, I'm trying to put on my analyst hat here a little bit, but at the same time, emotionally, I'm so invested in this because Jim Jordan, I truly believe, would be the worst pick for Speaker of the House of anybody in the House of Representatives, maybe except like Matt Gaetz. Well, it's nice to know that he's a man of conviction. By the way, we should, just for the sake of clarity, note that Adam Kinzinger did not give up his career. He's a senior political commentator for CNN. He got a career. You see the difference? You see how that see how that works? Did I say hello, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today? 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. It's also a smart thing to do as well. I've got more on Israel and oh, these people who are pulling their money from Harvard and other places. Oh, you want to talk about people who are actually people of conviction, Adam Kinzinger. How about Leslie Wexner pulling her money from Harvard? Huntsman pulling his money from UPenn. Uh, Idan Offer who is an Israeli billionaire pulling his money from Harvard. Ken Griffin and Mark Rowan, uh, Harvard and UPenn, uh, respectively. Oh, yeah. This is good stuff. The political right learning that, yes, indeed, you can stand up for something. And the political left learning, my gosh, these people will actually take their dollars from us. We're supposed to be the important ones.
They're supposed to do that to conservatives, not to us. Oh. Stand with Israel, stand opposed to terrorism, say it very, very clearly, and be willing to fight. The be willing to fight part. I think it was I think it was Hugh Hewitt. Uh, it, it, it's not that we haven't said this. And, and I said that this would take place. You knew it would take place. It's not like you needed me to say it or, or, or not. You, remember, very often what connects us is, is, is not that we're smarter than everybody else. It's that we're more honest than everybody else. And because of that honesty, we're able to see around the corner faster than others. It's very true. Hugh uh, wrote on, on social, the stunning speed at which the narrative has been turned against Israel as it prepares to destroy terrorists who murdered 1,400, took 200 hostages, illuminates a deep rot in academia and much of legacy media. Israel is still identifying its dead and already demands for it to stand down or piling up from the usual suspects and being amplified by the usual suspects. It will not work and should not be allowed to work. People with platforms have to keep the focus on the savage massacre and the hostages and on the justice of the war Israel will wage to make sure that October 7th is a never again moment. Never again is what they say about the Holocaust. And remember, my people, I'm I'm Jewish, my people, uh, too many of them, are totally willing to do it again because they won't stand up. They won't stand strong. They won't stand tall because their politics have taken over for their humanity. Of course, Hamas has to go. Hamasis, as I call them, has to go. This is a terrorist organization and they have to go. It is the free and thinking world or it's Hamas. Pick. It's all those people screaming for genocide or your children. Pick. Who, who do you want? Who do you want? Do you want the people who support the kidnapping of children or do you want the other guy? <laughs> it's a very simple, simple conversation. And yet all these universities and all these others, nope, they couldn't do it. They couldn't say, they could not say there is right and there is wrong. You want to talk about the cowards. Good Lord. Meanwhile, the, 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 vote, the vote is happening, guys. Goldman of New York. Jeffries. Jeffries. And it continues during the G's. Gomez. They're in the G's for Goldman, Dan Goldman, the same guy who wanted to tell you that they weren't selling access, Joe Biden and Hunter. It was the illusion of access. No, no, it was access. It was actual access. Elise Stefanik put forward Jim Jordan's name and it was quite emphatic. Mr. Speaker pro temp, Madam Clerk, colleagues, on behalf of the House Republican Conference, I rise today to nominate the gentleman from Ohio, Jim Jordan, as Speaker of the People's House. We are at a time of great crisis across America, a time of historic challenges in this very chamber. 
and a time when heinous acts of terror and evil have been committed against our great ally, Israel. As this body convenes for the sacred responsibility to elect the next speaker of the People's House, I am reminded of the Book of Esther. For such a time is this. Jim Jordan will be America's speaker for such a time as this. A time when hardworking American families are struggling under the vice of inflation, not able to afford groceries, heat, or gas because of the trillions and trillions of dollars of reckless spending by failed far-left government. A time when millions are being illegally trafficked and smuggled across our southern and northern borders due to the catastrophic and inhumane wide-open borders of Joe Biden. A time when violent crime is skyrocketing across America, destroying our great cities, suburbs, and small towns, where people no longer feel safe in their homes or in their communities. A time when American energy production has been crushed by Joe Biden's radical, failed, far-left policies, causing seniors, farmers, and families to pay more at the pump and struggle with skyrocketing utility bills. A time when the federal government is weaponized against we the people, who they are supposed to serve, stripping us of our God-given constitutional rights and wrongfully targeting conservatives, Catholics, and even parents at school board meetings. And a time when the people of our closest and most precious ally, Israel, suffered the bloodiest day since the Holocaust, with acts of inhumane evil committed by Hamas terrorists backed by Iran, grotesque atrocities, the beheadings of babies, rapes, kidnappings, and slaughter of women, children, and the elderly, and Israelis and Americans taken hostage. We are here in this very chamber for such a time as it was a, it was strong but if i was representative stefanik of new york i would have made mention of the fact uh, that uh, the other side of the aisle stays silent on such atrocities silence is violence and you are guilty i would have pointed right at him that would have been me but of course this is about making your case to america and it's not really necessary America doesn't get a vote here. America doesn't get a a say in how all this uh, goes down. And the Democrats uh, did did their thing. You had Aguiar speaking, and oh my gosh, he was he he had so much. He never ever found a nice thing to say at all. Speaker Pro Tem, with great respect for this institution. As chairman of the Democratic Caucus, I am directed by the vote of that caucus to present for election to the office of the Speaker of the House of Representatives the name of the Honorable Hakeem Jeffries, the pride of Crown Heights, a representative from the state of New York. Mr. Speaker Pro Tem, this is not the history we wanted to make here in the House. It's something that none of us imagined when we were sworn in to this office. We are here because the House has been thrown into chaos. We are here because this hallowed chamber has been led to a breaking point 
by two dangerous forces, extremism and partisanship. The American people place their faith in us to tackle their most pressing issues, lowering costs, growing the middle class, and standing up to those set on delivering a national abortion ban. The choice before us is simple. Come together on a bipartisan path forward or take us over the cliff. Abandon the extremism that is preventing us from getting things done or triple down on division and dysfunction. A vote today to make the architect of a nationwide abortion ban, a vocal election denier, and an insurrection insider to the Speaker of this House would be a terrible message to the country and our allies. Ah, better than a Jew hater. Uh, I, I, look, I'm, I'm not saying Akeem Jeffries is. He's got his own uh, history and his father, and I don't think that you should be guilty of things that your father does, uh, but certainly uh, the party of Jew haters, which is how I'm now going to describe this until they stop. So these are our options. Either the people who bring us debt and are anti-Semites or the people of insurrection who want abortion bans. This is how they, this is how they, they put it out there. The vote continues right now. You have got um, nine people being voted for who were not uh, the nominees, right? Jim Jordan's the nominee for the Republicans. And you've got Hakeem Jeffries as the nominee for the Democrats. And there were nine votes for other, which would tell me uh, that oh, now 11 votes for other. Sorry. This would tell me that uh, no one's going to win Kylie on uh, on the first ballot. Jordan. Kilmer. There will be no winner Jeffries. on ballot number one. Kim of California. Get your bourbon. This is Tony Katz today. Jordan. They're still going at it. The votes continue, but there will be no speaker on this first go-round. McCarthy just voted for Jim Jordan. Got a round of applause. Jeffries. Jordan right now at 125. Jeffries at 120 votes. 13 others. Jordan. McGarvey. All different. Lee Zeldin got nominated. Former congressman ran for governor of New York. I mean, good dude. But all right. Henry. Odd. Jordan. Jordan. Peculiar, strange, for for sure. For sure. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. There are other things going on in the world. Got some economic things. I have plenty of Israel stuff uh, to to get to. Uh, But a good story uh, out of New Zealand and Australia. We're in New Zealand after dealing with the very, very terrible Jacinda Ardern as prime minister, who engaged in radical levels of lockdown uh, regarding COVID, and so did her successor. They've gone a whole different direction with their election, going with the center-right party uh, and winning um, seats, uh, so many seats in parliament that a Christopher Luxon, I believe is how you pronounce his name, become prime minister. It's a re- Now, I'm not saying this guy's going to be great, but what a rejection 
of what it is that the uh, Ardern Party, the Labor Party, had done. She didn't run for re-election. She was, she was done. She's also the one who goes to the United Nations and says the problem with social media is that people can talk to each other, so we need to limit their ability to speak to each other. True story. These people always, always, always oppose free speech because free speech might mean you saying something that the party in charge doesn't want. Then there was, in Australia, a referendum that would amend the Constitution that would give Aboriginal Australians specific voice in certain parts of government. As opposed to just having your representatives, it would be more focused. Meaning that they would have an outsized say. Right? The people who favored it said, uh, these people have a a history in Australia and would give them input in government policies. And other people said, you're dividing Australians along racial lines. You haven't changed any disadvantage or advantage somebody who's indigenous has. It's nonsense. And Australians, by approximately 60%, voted against the measure. Saying, we're not going to have subgroups and subsects and special rights here, there, and everywhere. This is exactly why I oppose hate crimes legislation. Hate crimes legislation says all the animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. And a crime against this person is more of a crime than a crime against that person based on what this person looks like or some other characteristic. It's all subjective nonsense. The whole concept of hate crimes is subjective nonsense. And for years I've been saying this, and for years people have been yelling at me, but they've never offered up a conversation because they don't have one. They like subjective nonsense because it makes them feel good. I don't give a damn what makes them feel good. Screw them. I care about a rule of law that makes sense. I care about rational thought. These are irrational actors. But in Australia and New Zealand, maybe not so irrational recognizing, recognizing that some things didn't work and we shouldn't reward those people and some ideas don't work and we shouldn't tell others they have to deal with it because. Good stuff from down under. I've yet to get to Australia. I've talked to my kids about like, is that a vacation you'd want to do? And they're like, nope. You get killed in Australia. I'm like, what do you mean? You get killed in Australia. Have you seen all of like the bugs and uh, the crocs and the kangaroos? I don't know. Oh, koala eat your face. Uh, no thanks. So, um, so we haven't we haven't gone to Australia. I would like to go, but it's not a trip you could do in a week. If you're gonna fly for that many hours, you gotta you gotta stay for a while. That. That's my take. If I'm going to be on a plane that long, there's got to be two weeks involved. Because you're talking about two full days of travel. And that's got to mess you up for a day after. Maybe uh, when you get to Australia, you're all amped up because you're on vacation. When you get back, that's just got to wreck you. It's just got to ruin you. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com.
Jersey, Jordan, Smith of Washington, Jeffries, Smucker, Jordan. The vote continues for speaker. No one will win it on the first ballot. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony, that's the... That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. McCarthy voted for Jordan, got applause. Scalise voted for Jordan, got a standing ovation from the Republicans because Scalise was their first choice. And then Scalise realized he didn't have the votes. And Scalise said, okay, I'm out of this thing. People have voted for Scalise. People have voted for Lee Zeldin. They voted for Kevin McCarthy. I, uh, I I don't know what's going to happen a second time around. The first one was around to show their displeasure. Now they'll get serious. Because we got to do all this again. Jordan. We got to go through all of this again. Oh, that's a lot of togetherness in the House of Representatives. Seems maddening to me. Seems uh, that it is uh, an exercise in, in what? Proving your worth? Oh, I'm going to vote for Scalise. That'll show Jordan. But let's remember that all politics are local. Maybe you have to go back and uh, and say something. Maybe you have to go back and explain yourself. That could very well, very well be it. That you have to go back and explain what it is that you're all about. Why doesn't Representative Ocasio-Cortez ever have to do that? I have in front of me right now near three minutes of question and answer uh, on uh, on um, uh, CNN of her talking about Israel. Remember, she was once asked about Israel and she had to giggle her way through the answer. I'm not really an expert on these geopolitical things. Remember, she was running for for Congress, and we were like, this is a child who doesn't know anything. And then she won the the, the primary, and that was it. And now she's been this sad little fixture in our lives who, um, she might be a nice person one-on-one, but when it comes to policy, she's an outrageous child. She's a child. And everybody knows it. You take her seriously or policies seriously or what what could you possibly take seriously from her? Green New Deal? Her position on the border when she cries while uh, Trump is in office and says nothing while Biden's in office? Let's go back to that interview in 2018 on Firing Line. This was Representative Ocasio-Cortez. But uh, I am, of course, the, the dynamic there in terms of geopolitics of and the course. war in the Middle East is very different than people expressing their First Amendment right to protest. Well, yes, but I also think that what people are starting to see, at least in, in the occupation uh, of of Palestine is um, just an increasing crisis of humanitarian condition. And that to me is just 
where I tend to mm -hmm. come from on this issue. You use the term the occupation of Palestine. Mm. What did oh. you mean by that? Oh, um, I think it, what I meant is like the, the settlements that are increasing in, in some of these areas and, and places where, um, where Palestinians are experiencing uh, difficulty in access to uh, their housing and homes. Do you think you can expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd also just, I, I am not the expert on geopolitics on this issue. You that happened. That happened. Well, now here she is, all these years later, a pro's pro, and she wants to engage with Abby Phillips this conversation about uh, Hamas and Israel. Um, let's let's break it down. As all of this kind of kicked off, you and several other of your colleagues uh, released a statement calling on a, for a ceasefire uh, in the region. But I wonder, what is Israel supposed to do about Hamas after they murdered, brutalized, mm -hmm. abducted over mm -hmm. a thousand of their citizens? Are they supposed to just do nothing? Well, you know, I think what's important to note about a ceasefire is that it's not one-sided. Hamas has been sending thousands of rockets into Israel as well. And what is important is for us to identify our goal in terms of what safety means, in terms of what defense means. But and I if think I may, it, Congresswoman, I think the position from Israel's perspective is that there was already an attack. Mm -hmm. And Hamas already committed an attack. Mm -hmm. After that happened, do you really believe that they should not respond to that? All right, Abby Phillips. Oh, I don't think Abby Phillips and I are going to be friends. There's a quote attributed to her that race is all in politics. You can't talk politics without talking about race. And it's like, oh, okay, well. So so much for CNN Newsnight with Abby Phillips. But, of course, this is one of the key questions. Israel was viciously assaulted. 1,400 people are dead. You've got 199 hostages. Ceasefire? Why are you talking silly? Why are you talking like a cuckoo bird? For what purpose do you sound like a crazy person? It's, it's madness. So she gets asked the question, and I think the right question, uh, does uh, Casi Cortez get asked by Abby Phillips, why do you think they should stop? I think what is important in terms of response is Israel does have a right to to self-defense. I think what we need to take a look at in this situation is if collective punishment qualifies as defense, if the blockade on water, food, electricity, if the dropping of white phosphorus, uh, which is an indiscriminate weapon, qualifies. So I do believe that there's a discussion to be had here. I don't believe but, that an either or approach is what is necessary, but we should identify what our goal is, which is the cooling of tensions in the well, region. Hold up just just a moment. Now, I, I admit to you that my expertise about white phosphorus and how it applies to a war zone is, is not great. But I must disagree. Israel owes Hamas and Gaza, no food, no water, no medicine, no electricity. Zero. 
They have done that because they have been good, decent people in Israel, not occupiers. Without Israel, they don't have water in Gaza because Hamas doesn't give a damn about whether or not these people die of thirst. All the Hamas supporters out there, they're not pro-Palestine supporters. They're Hamas supporters. They are what they are. If they weren't Hamas supporters, well, then we could talk. First, we get rid of Hamas. Then we try and create a better life for the people in Gaza. I'm down with that. Now, I'm also down with raising every building and Israel controlling all the land. But I may not get my way. But certainly I will not yield from the fact that Hamas has to be destroyed and Toto. And anybody who says otherwise is a Hamas supporter. I don't care what they say about me. You support the rape of women. You support kidnapping children. To hell with you and your sister. I don't give a damn. We're not friends. How could I be friends with somebody who's that freaking disgusting? Israel owes nothing to Hamas. But the fact that they cut it off means that Israel, which owes nothing to this terrorist organization from hell, has been supplying water and electricity. That's not an occupying force. That's your parents because you clearly live in their basement. That's not an occupying force. Never mind that Israel has been out of uh, Gaza since 2005. The rules of siege warfare, if we're going to apply any rules to warfare, Israel has broken none of them. You are not required to provide your enemy with aid and comfort. Well, the problem is, Tony, that there are other people and that they are the ones who are suffering. That is correct. And this would all go away if Hamas would return the hostages. Everywhere you Hamas supporters turn, you are met with reality, punching you in the face like you deserve to be punched. And you deserve to be punched. It is just kicking you. Israel owes Hamas nothing if Hamas actually cared about its citizens, they wouldn't have ripped the water lines and the sewer lines out of the ground to make rocket launchers. Let's continue. Israel's goal is to rid the region of Hamas. They've been very clear about that. And I certainly take what you're saying about the condition of Gaza right now for civilians who, as you point out, are not synonymous with Hamas. But for Israel to deal with Hamas, which... Uh, is a force that is actually detrimental to Palestinians. Absolutely. How else are they supposed to address a violent militant, Mm -hmm. some say terrorist group? Mm -hmm. Can we just recognize that Representative Ocasio-Cortez admitted that Hamas is bad for Palestinians? As you point out, are not synonymous with Hamas, but for Israel to deal with Hamas, which... Uh, is a force that is actually detrimental to Palestinians. Absolutely. How else are they supposed to address a violent militant, Mm -hmm. some, say, terrorist group? Mm -hmm. Well, 
I don't know if she meant to say that. I don't know if she's going to get yelled at by Congressman Andre Carson or Congressman Congresswoman Cory Bush or or uh, Ilhan Omar Rashida Tlaib. I don't. I don't know. But that is true. Hamas is the enemy. Hamas is the problem. Hamas does not want a better life. Hamas wants death and destruction. It's who they are. It's what they want. And only a fool doesn't recognize this. Only a fool says Hamas is a freedom fighter. Well, not just a fool. Only somebody who wants to destroy. Only someone who wants to destroy. Your answer, Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Other than to go in there. Right. And take them on directly. Well, you know, when we talk about going in there, I think we should also keep in mind President Biden's statements uh, as well about what a potential, what the implications of a potential ground invasion would be. This is an inherently complex situation. I do believe that Hamas needs to be dealt with. But how, I think, is what I'm trying to understand. And I think what we're trying to figure out right now is that this present situation of collective punishment and and indiscriminate attack is is one approach, but we are seeing the the issues and the complications with that approach now. Can we target them in terms of intelligence? Is there precision? What are the options available? Are... An entire are, are entirely up to the administration and for for Israel to um, to examine and explore. Why is it up to the administration to do anything? Well, because we give them this, that, and the other, and they gotta go through us to be able to do the things they want to do. Uh, well, that's sometimes the way that goes. But she doesn't have an argument for why there should be a ceasefire. She doesn't have an argument for why Israel shouldn't defend itself. And every argument she has is, is cut by her recognition, her honesty, which may have been accidental, that Hamas is a terrorist organization and the people of Gaza would be better off without them. By the way, there's been reports, and the minute I saw it, I said, okay, okay, let's... Um, Let's take a breath here because the first reports are never the right reports. That a hospital was hit in Gaza. Israel struck a hospital in Gaza. Mm. What are the odds that Israel missed and hit a hospital? I think they're small. As we're now seeing, it's possible um, it's being that the rocket may have had a premature detonation from a nearby launching site because Hamas will launch from hospitals and schools and mosques because they don't care about human life at all. They don't care. They don't care who dies. As long as Jews die, Hamas does not care who dies. So, pay no attention to fools like Representative Ocasio-Cortez and pay very close attention to Cortez and the rest of her squad, these Jew-hating anti-Semites. Pay attention to the people who want to talk about free Palestine. They're supporting Hamas. They're not talking anything regarding the people of Gaza. There's just no conversation there. It doesn't exist. They're lying through their teeth. Don't let them. Just stand up to it. Meanwhile, the speaker vote is done. We don't have a speaker yet. 
Hakeem Jeffries, 212. Jim Jordan, 200. Others, 20. He's got to peel away 17 of those. Maybe it'll come on the second vote. I'm Tony Katz. It's not a joke. The Republican Party gave the third debate to NBC. I don't know why. I have absolutely no idea what they were thinking or why they were thinking it. Why hasn't anybody fired Rona McDaniel yet? What I can tell you is there will be a debate watch party. That's, um, there will be cigars. There will be bourbon. There will be a registration. I'm, when I say to you, it's going down, it's going down. Now, if something changes, I'll let you know. But I'm going to say it again for the people in the cheap seats. It's going down. Now, who's going to be at that debate? I don't know the answer there. Will uh, Will Mike Pence be able to sneak in? Will Ramaswamy fall away? I don't. I don't know. And will Nikki Haley be taking heat for saying that we should take in refugees from Gaza? I have got that whole story coming up in just a little bit. But for the debate itself, NBC. The Republican Party's out of their mind. Out of their mind. Look, uh, Fox didn't do the job. Newsmax? News Nation? Just put it on Rumble and let a, let's find a group of people who can moderate? NBC. Expect disaster. This is Tony Katz today.